All right, I want everyone to take a big, deep breath. It's just, ah, and you can exhale. Hey, we made it to the last Sunday of the year. Yes. Good job. You guys survived. And uh, if you're watching us via the live stream, take a big, deep breath. You made it to the last Sunday of the year. Uh, next time we meet to worship the Lord together like this, it's going to be 2021, a brand new year. And um, so, so I want to, uh, I want to encourage you today with a word going into 2021. Um, I around Thanksgiving, I start praying every year about Lord, is, do you have a word for us going into the next year? And and so I'll take time to pray and and just kind of get into His word and. and Take a day here or there just to fast and try to hear them. And uh, the last two years, it, it's become very dangerous because I wind up having to live the word out, you know. Uh, uh, you know, the, two years ago, if you remember, I, I preached a, the last Sunday of the year, I preached a, uh, about a word, and the word was nevertheless. Nevertheless, when Elisha asked Elijah, hey, I want, a, just before Elijah uh, was taken away by the fiery chariot, he said, I want a double portion of what you have, because Elijah said, look, ask me, anything I have, ask me. And he said, I want a double portion of your anointing. And, and Elijah said, the first part of a statement probably dropped Elisha's heart. He said, you've asked me a very hard thing. Then he said the word, nevertheless, if you keep your eyes on me, don't waver, watch me as I leave. Uh, ignore all the craziness you're going to see, but keep your eyes focused on me. You're going to have what you ask for. And, and so the word is nevertheless was used throughout the scripture. And, and, and that word actually means I will never, I've got two truths in front of me, but I will never accept the lesser of the truth. Uh, you know, you can say uh, the, the marathon runner was weary, hurting, and exhausted. Nevertheless, he finished the race. Well, the powerful statement is he finished the race. No matter how, how much the odds were stacked against him and no matter how wordy the previous sentence is, nevertheless, Always, always makes the second truth greater than the first truth. And, and God's, God has a nevertheless for you. And man, little did I know, 2019, I had to live out my own nevertheless. There were plenty of Sundays and plenty of weeks that I had to take a big deep breath and say, nevertheless, we're going to walk through this, Lord. Uh, this last year, uh, last year's last Sunday, the last Sunday of 2019, uh, some of you may remember I preached, it was called uh, Weeds in Your Harvest, about the tares and the, tares and the wheat, uh, that an enemy came and planted tares or weeds amongst the wheat. And so when it started coming up, you know, the, the, the workers went to the master and said, hey, you've got weeds coming up. Do you want us to tear them out? And he said, no, 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 leave them alone. So an enemy, I know I sowed good seed, so an enemy had to sow, so, so the, you know, the enemy must have planted these weeds. He said, leave them alone, let them grow with the wheat, the wheat. And in due time, at harvest time, I'll separate it. We'll, we'll harvest them both, and I'll separate the weeds. I'll, I'll take care of it. But he said, don't, don't touch it because you're going to ruin the harvest. You're going to hurt your harvest. And, man, that became, I had to walk through that quite a bit this year where the Lord kept saying, don't touch it. Don't touch it. I'd see a problem. There'd be a situation rise up, and I'd want to go take care of it. He'd, nope, let it go, let it go, let it go. I will take care of it. Man, did he ever. He just, the Lord has a way of taking care of things. So, uh so we'll see what 2021 has in store with this particular word that uh, he started talking to me right around Thanksgiving and, and been chewing on and uh, digesting and just, you know, uh, we'll, we'll see where the Lord wants to go with us. 
But 2021, this is the word he has for us, I believe, as a congregation and as a family and a fellowship. It's this. Be brave. Be brave. 2021 is going to be loaded with blessings. He's going to prosper us. He's going he's to give us victory. But it's also going to be loaded with problems because every year brings about problems. Jesus even said it. In this world, you're going to have problems. But be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. So be brave. No matter what we face in 2021, be brave. This is the, the verse he kept bringing me to. Joshua 1 and 9. He issues us a command. A command. This isn't a suggestion. This isn't a wish. This is God giving a command. He gave it to Joshua before they entered into the promised land. I believe he's giving it to us today to apply to our lives. He gives us a command. He tells us two things to do. He gives us two things not to do. And then he gives us a promise to stand on because that's what he does. We can stand on his promise. When you focus on his promises, it builds your faith. It helps you not just to believe in God, but you start believing God. So this is it. He says, this is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you because it's true and we can depend on it. And I'm just asking that every ear that hears, whether they're here in person or watching via the stream live, or even if they go back and check out the archive or the podcast, that they'll hear uh, not my sermon, but they'll hear whatever the Spirit is trying to speak to them. We ask for your navigation and your direction going into 2021. And we're not worried about our own plans, because they tend to fail. But Lord, I want to tap into whatever you're up to, and that's what I want to do. And I pray that you'll lead us as a church in that direction as well. In Jesus' name, amen. So commands, two things to do, two things not to do, and a truth. The first thing he says, he says, be strong. I command you to be strong. That's pretty stern. That's, that's, pretty, that's pretty direct. I command you to be strong. Stop waffling around. Stop whining. Stop acting like you're weak. Man, I have strengthened you. Matter of fact, Philippians chapter 4 verse 13 says this. I have strength for all things. Man, we have got strength for all things. No matter what we face, we're going to have strength for it. For all things in Christ who empowers me. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength into me. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. That's pretty wild. Christ is more than enough. So you have more than enough. You have everything you need to be sufficient in him. And I love the way it words it, that, that I am ready for anything and equal to anything. Sometimes we have to understand that when the enemy comes against us, He's just tipping you off as to who you really are in the Lord. You know, you're not going to send a battleship full of scuds and, and, and tomahawk missiles and all this other stuff, you know, and, and all these 
jet planes if all you want to do is knock over a chicken coop. You know, he's not going to roll out a tank to knock over an old barn. So if the enemy's bringing some major firepower against you in your life, that should tip you off as to how strong and powerful you really are in the Lord and how intimidated he is of you. Be strong. Be strong. He's commanding us. Be strong. Exodus chapter 15 verse 2 says this, The Lord is my strength and my song. He has given me victory. This is my God, and I will praise him. My Father's God, and I will exalt him. You don't even have to try to get the victory yourself. He's going to get it for you and hand it to you. You know, Mark Cuban, who owns the Dallas Mavericks, you know, we got basketball season kicking back off, right? So the Mavericks go out and play, and they play their heart out, and they take hits and elbows, and they got guys sweating on them, and they're, they're taking fouls, all that stuff, and then they come away victorious. You know what Mark Cuban gets to say? Woo, we won. All he had to do is sit down and watch and yell at the refs and all that other stuff that he does. But he gets to say, we won. Didn't have to lift a finger for it. That's what Christ does with us. He gives us the victory. He's the one that fought. He's the one that paid the price. But we get to be the victor. Psalm 119.28 says this, my life dissolves and weeps itself away for heaviness. We've all been there at some point in time, haven't we? Raise me up and strengthen me according to the promises of your word. That's one reason why I believe that God gave a promise at the end of our key text is so that we can be strong. There's something about his word and his promises in his word that strengthen us. It gives us something to believe in and hope for. The upwards of 7,000 promises in the Bible that he made to us. So there should be no reason for us to be discouraged. There should be no reason for us to waver. We can be strengthened. If you got to, trust me, go Google it. Say, Google all the, all the promises of God, and it'll start listing it off like crazy. You know? And read them if you have to every day. Get the word in you. Read it. Study it. Ingest it. Get it in you. We talked about Thursday night uh, uh, for the... the uh, Christmas Eve service, we talked about when you do that, you're, you're, you're actually taking in Christ. He is the Word of God, incarnate in flesh. When you read His Word, you're, you're reading in Christ. So, so He's commanding you, be strong. The next thing He's commanding us is to be courageous, full of courage. Doesn't mean you're not going to get nervous. Doesn't mean that you're not going to get butterflies at times over something. Doesn't mean that you're not going to have moments of concern and worry. Courage doesn't always mean the absence of fear. But it means you do it anyway. You get out there and you do it anyway. Psalm 27, 14 says this. Wait and hope for and expect the Lord. Be brave and of good courage and let your heart be stout and enduring. Yes, Wait for and hope for and expect the Lord. There is something about when you can wait on God. When you can just wait on his timing and you trust him, it gives you courage. No matter what's taking place, 
You're just believing that God is going to come through. He's going to do it in his time. We have a bad habit of having microwave Christianity complex, you know? We pray for our needs, we pray for our blessing, and then we punch in 45 seconds, and if it's not there then, you know, if it's not ready and steaming for us when we want it, then we get frustrated, and we want to give up. Yet when you understand everything is in God's hands, when you pray, your prayer goes into this infinite sea of possibility that is him. And he has an infinite amount of ways to answer that prayer in his timing and in his perfect timing. It's not just his timing, it's his perfect timing. So wait upon the Lord and you're going to find courage. You're going to find courage. Romans 8.31, I love this. What then shall we say to all this? If God is for us, who can be against us? Who can be our foe if God is on our side? Why do we even have enemies if God's on our side? Say, well, it's, a, it's my enemy. Do you even need an enemy if God's on your side? What's the point? He's, he said, I will bless those that bless you. I will curse those that curse you. He's going to take care of you. You know, if someone's speaking ill of you, if someone's coming against you, just it's a, leave it to him. Leave it to him. You don't even have to bother having a foe. If God's for you, who really can be against you? And he's for you today. I'm telling you, he is for you. Be courageous. So he gave us two commands. Be courageous. Be strong. Be courageous. And then he tells us two commands of what not to do. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. 2 Timothy 1 and 7 tells us this. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, of cowardice, of craven and cringing and fawning fear. He didn't give us a spirit of fear. But he has given us a spirit of power and of love. There's no greater force that is stronger than love. Love conquers all, the Bible says. He's given us the power of love and of, and of calm and well-balanced mind and discipline and self-control. Man, you ever... Let, let me tell you something that is far more intimidating and powerful and effective than someone freaking out with rage and anger. You know, you see some crazy guy and he's flailing a gun around or whatever and he's all bad and you think, oh, that's scary. He's kind of psycho. No, what's even scarier is when, you know, you, if you watch a movie and all of a sudden, and if the bad guy is very calm and very calculated, that's some scary stuff, you know? You watch some of the Batman movies and you got Joker and he's crazy and he's a maniac. That's not really scary. All of a sudden, man, have you ever watched Breaking Bad? What was the name of that guy? Who was the bad guy in Breaking Bad? I can't remember his name. Because we've had Breaking Bad conversations. Man, all I know is the bad guy is calm, cool, calculated. That's power. That's power. That's when you know someone is in control and powerful and has discipline. Man, that's when you know you don't mess with that guy. Could you imagine what the enemy would do if all of a sudden we just stopped freaking out? When he throws something at us, when life doesn't go our way, when it seems like everything's falling apart... And we just stay calm. Doesn't mean you're gonna, not going to have moments of fear. 
moments of anxiety. But if you will trust in the Lord, that's all it's going to be is a moment of fear. You don't have to have a season of fear, a day full of anxiety. You may have a moment. That's what happens. That's fighting the fight of faith that First Timothy says. And First Timothy says, fight the, fight the good fight of faith. There are going to be times that you have to fight to keep your faith in God, that you're going to have to fight to believe his word because your flesh isn't going to want to. But there's something about being calm, being collected. And, and he gave you that, the power to do that. He gave you the spirit to do that. He didn't give you the spirit of fear, and that's what fear is. It's just an old spirit. You can rebuke it. You can tell it to leave. And you can claim the Holy Spirit who gives us power, love, calm, and well-balanced mind, discipline, and self-control. The opposite of fear is faith. If we truly walk by faith, there is no room for fear in our life. We can truly and fully trust him and his word. It doesn't take much faith either. You can start with the, the faith, he said, the size of a seed of mustard. You know, mustard is an herb, but you don't want to grow it in your kitchen, in your little cute kitchen herb garden that you got up in your kitchen window. Because you plant a mustard seed, it's the size of maybe a couple of grains of sand, but it's going to turn into a big giant bush. And Jesus pointed out the fact that even birds can come, you know, you plant cilantro, birds can't come build nests in cilantro, but man, mustard, they can do it with mustard. But it starts out as just a speck and it grows to an enormous bush. And that's what he's saying. Hey, that's all you need. If you just got a little bit of faith, it's going to grow. And faith will vanquish fear. The next thing he says, the next thing he told us, commanded us, he says, do not be discouraged. Do not be discouraged. The Hebrew translation for the, the word discouraged actually means to be broken or broken to pieces. So he is commanding you to not let anything bring you to your breaking point. And it's really a choice. We choose to permit certain things to bring us to our breaking point, don't we? Jesus said, hey, all authority has been given to me uh, on, on, on heaven, or in heaven and in earth. All authority has been given to me. And then he gives us that authority. And yet we're bad about giving that authority to everything else you know, to have in our life. And we'll stress out about that, stress out about this. And yet we're getting a command here. He says, look, I command you, be strong. I'm commanding you to be courageous. I'm commanding you to not be fearful. And I'm commanding you not to fall apart. Those are commands, not suggestions. John chapter 14, verse 1 says this, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. It goes, it goes along with faith, not just to believe in God, but to believe. He said, believe in me. Jesus, I am the word of God. Believe the word. If it's in the Bible, believe it. Then he ends on this promise. He said, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. 1 John chapter 4, verse 4 says this, You dear children, notice <laughs> he's calling us kids. He's talking to us. Why? Because we act like kids half the time, don't we? <laughs> Beck is the only honest person in this room. You know that? <laughs> you dear children, 
are from God and have overcome them. Overcome what? He's actually talking about false prophets or those who are speaking false truth. He says, because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. You are actually walking around with the most powerful force in the universe living in you, and that is the creator of the universe. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 tells us this, but you shall receive power, that's ability, efficiency, and might, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and all Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends, the very bounds of the earth. If the Holy Spirit is living within you, you are pumped full of power. Power for what? To be witnesses. It's so powerful that your very life bears witness to the greatness and the, and the restoration that he has done in you. Your whole life becomes a witness. You don't have to learn witnessing techniques to carry the company line, you know? Just get out and be and live and reflect him and exude his power. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. My last scripture. A final word. Now, Paul doesn't just say, be strong. He says this, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. You don't have to rely on your own strength this morning. You don't have to fulfill these commands on your own. He will empower you via the Holy Spirit to do it. Matter of fact, we've got it better than King David had it. David, God was with David, and David actually faced a giant. God is actually in us via the Holy Spirit. What can we do to the giants in our life? David faced Goliath in the name of the Lord Almighty of Israel. We actually have the name that is above every name. We get to come and face our obstacles in the name of Jesus. No other name given among men under heaven whereby we must be saved, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that he is Lord. I love it. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. Through who? Jesus. He's the Word. Our very existence came from him. All things were made through him, and, and without him, everything that was made was, or without him, nothing that was made was made. In him was life. Do you need life today? Do you feel like you're actually living? There's a lot of Christians that are walking around like zombies going through the motions just like the rest of the world. Yet he said, I, the enemy came to kill, steal, and destroy, but I have come to give life. And, and, and John says, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. Light. Light travels at 186,282.4 miles per second, the speed of light. Isn't that amazing? That's some fast stuff. And yet the Bible says that his life was the light of men. If you need life today, whether you're here or whether you're watching online, if you need to, to rededicate your life to the Lord, or if maybe you're living for God and you've just been bogged down by the holidays, you've been bogged down by this crazy year that we're wrapping up, and you just need life put in you, all you've got to do is cry out to him, Lord, I need life. And at the speed of light, he's breathing it and restoring you. Because his life is the light of all men. He's good. So be brave. 2021, be brave. You got 
Four simple commands and a promise entering into this year. I command you to be strong. Let's all stand up. The Lord's saying, I command you, be strong. Be strong, people. He said, I command you, be courageous. Don't back down. Be courage, full of courage. I command you, don't be afraid. He said, I command you, don't fall apart. Why? Because I am with you. I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I will stick closer than a brother. I don't know about you guys, man. My brother, I miss my brother so much. He's already with the Lord. But he and I were so close. We could go three, four months without talking, pick up the phone, and start off on the conversation that we just finished four months prior, as if no time had ever passed. We grew up playing music together. He played anything he put his hands on. Made me sick. Except for drums. That's why I played drums. Because that's the one thing I could do better than him. And he and I, he would, he would play bass quite a bit in, in most of the bands that we put together. He was, he was a bass player. Man, when the drummer and the bass player click, and we had this natural, we had this natural rhythm that we could click and groove together. Right? And we went, literally, he moved to Arkansas, and we, we literally went, we probably went about 15 years that we didn't actually play music together. And, and there was one conference, one women's conference, that we actually got invited to go be part of the band. And my nephew was actually kind of coordinating the band. And he, he just wanted an excuse to be able to play with his two uncles. He had never really played music with us before. And so I, I go sit down on the drum. My brother and I hadn't played together in 15 years. And we sat down and clicked just like that, as if we had never missed a rehearsal together. And we didn't even get time to rehearse any of the songs. I mean, it's like you get up there and, you know, you, you just get grooving. That's close. Brothers can be close. And yet God said, I'm going to stick closer than that. That's encouraging. Because I know how powerful my bond with my brother was. You know? And when the day comes that I get to cross over, guess what? We're going to be grooving like we never missed a beat. But if the Lord will stick closer to me than that, man, what do I have to be afraid of coming up in 2021? I'm excited. I don't know what he has in store, but it's going to be good. Why? Because he's already waiting on me in 2021. The same thing for you. Let's pray. We're going to do one more song together. Lord, I thank you for bringing us through this year. I thank you that even the ups and downs, the pains, the losses. Uh, Father, it's not been a fun year. I've had to bury more of my neighbors and friends than any other year. But you've helped us through it. And I've seen you strengthen the widow. I've seen you strengthen those who've lost loved ones. I've seen you heal the sick. I've seen you bring restoration. And I praise you for it, Lord. So, Lord, going into 2021, we just put our faith and our sights on you. And, Lord, we know it's going to be good, not just because of some magic flip of the calendar, but it's good because you said you'll never leave us, that you're sticking with us, and no matter where we go, you're with us. So we say yes to your commands today, and we just praise you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Before we sing, can we just give him a hand clap of praise? Because he is, he is worthy. Amen. Amen.